Welcome back to another edition of the FBK Betting Podcast. And as we edge closer to the Cheltenham Festival, I am overjoyed to say that the team that join me are in sparkling form, such sparkling form that even the dynamic duo of Tom Collins and Ross Miller, better known as Roscoe, landed their first two-way nap. I think that's where, where you can call it. The monkey is off the Roscoe back as Pick Dory was a magnificent winner last Saturday, tipped up at three to one on this podcast. I'm sure Ross, Tom... This is a special moment for the Roscoe uh, nap landing in, in in at the same time. What does it mean? We had a we had a great night out, champagne celebrations to the early hours. Yeah, uh, much joy. I mean, it, I I thought he'd win easier than he did. And you have to say Harry Cobden was exceptionally brave down to the last, as was Pick Dory, um, and that leap probably sealed it. So uh, it was an exciting race, and I. Uh, wasn't filled with confidence coming up the home straight, but he, he got it done. Yeah, I, I echo exactly what Ross said as well. I didn't even think he was going to get it done. I thought the hoodoo was going to be there at the last, but uh, Harry was very brave. The horse was brave. And there were messages in the WhatsApp group straight after he won, congratulating ourselves for picking a winner together. Yeah, so so long way at last. Absolutely, that jump at the last, worth well worth watching back. Of It's uh, one for the ages, a really old school jump, and uh, I, I really enjoyed that. But outside of that, a weekend to remember for Christian Williams. A tip in itself was the fact that he has made no bones about targeting these big ITV races. He's happy to bypass Cheltenham for the big prizes. He got the one-two in the feature at, at Kempton, but as tipped by Ross Miller, who may win my wing, smashed on the morning of. But if you listen to this podcast, you would have got 18 to one for her for the Ida Chase. And she duly obliged a huge, huge result, a man in form. And look, I was happy with a nice double, two tips, night salute at five to two and Orkin risk at six to one as well. No James Millman again this week, but he his internet is back up and running. And as we just said before, uh, we went on air, he'll be fresh after a break and he'll be joining us for the Cheltenham previews which we'll be recording early next week so those are podcasts not to be missed but we'll look at the the racing this weekend and um, we're going to start with Newbury at uh, the 150 at uh, sees the annual renewal of the Greatwood Gold Cup handicap chase over two mile four furlongs 50,000 pounds on offer for this race Dublin four uh, heads the betting for the Fergal O'Brien team at seven to two, senior citizen nine to two, Glen Force is seven to one, Faraday fifteen to two, Pate the Dream as well at fifteen to two, with Tamarat de Mathan and Amor Dunui eleven to one, uh, bigger the rest at fourteens. This is a race that Paul Nichols has, has farmed in the past. He's won five of the last ten runnings. Ross, I'll come to you first. Does he have a sixth winner in the last eleven runnings to add to that list? Yeah, I think he might do. Um... Uh, it wasn't a race that anything particularly jumped out at me, but the more I sort of dug away at it, the more I liked the chance of Tamarock to Matan. Um, he's now down to a mark of 142, five pounds below his last winning mark. And this is his second run back after a wind up. And we often talk about the, the first run back, just getting the horse's confidence back. And when you look back at that first run back, ridden by Sean Bowen at Sandown over two miles, trip probably short of his best, he was given a very confident ride he didn't get put under severe pressure he was allowed to finish his race off um sean bowen be very strong as a rider and he certainly didn't uh, look to get anywhere near as strong as he can do with him so i thought he was quite interesting um he uh sort of is gonna have to come back from two poor runs but i think newbury will suit him well i think two and a half miles is his trip and crucially, recording this on a Thursday, weather forecast looks like rain might come. 
he wouldn't be inconvenienced by soft ground, but he'd also cope if it doesn't get too soft. So, so at a price, I, I liked his chances. Yeah, and uh, crucially, we've talked about this, the Paul Nichols team um, sort of coming back to their own selves again. I think they've had about five or six winners over the last week. And um, I actually think Amor Dunui, the other runner, uh, might be a, a, a slightly better value at 11 to 1, not the most fluent jumper. He's been given a break of two months, which he, suit, which he suits to be freshened up. He's another one that's performed well here over hurdles and, and fences. And yeah, I just, I agree with you, Ross. It's not, it's lacking a bit of depth. It's, it's lacking a bit of uh, a substance to it. Dublin 4 got the right profile, I thought, Tom. Uh, but he's pretty skinny at 72 for a horse that essentially, you know, last time out, um, what we saw from him uh, was, a, was a fall where I don't know if he was even in contention. Yeah, he was in fifth at that point, six lengths down, the race uh, comments suggest, but he was beaten. Like He was not going to come back from that deficit. Prior to that, he won really impressively at Newbury. So I can see why he's favourite, but my general rule is never to back a horse that fell last time out, um, no matter how impressive if they were going to win or not. Um, so I can't be back in Dublin 4. I think he's too short, as you've mentioned. As Ross mentioned, the ground is probably going to deteriorate massively. Bleak forecast over the next two days across the whole of the country. Um, Newbury is currently going to be, well, it's soft currently. I think it will turn to heavy. Um, and there's two horses I like in here. I mainly looked at this race with the with the thought that I need to be picking a heavy ground horse. Um, Farinay is one. Um, he, he basically bolted up at Sandown over two mile four in his penultimate start. He loved the ground. Uh, it was really tacky that day, but he came out on top. Never really looked in danger and jumped beautifully out in front. The other horse I like um, is Paint the Dream. Who, he's, won it, he's, he's an interesting horse because he's won at this course before. Um, he's won over the distance before, but he's very in and out. He doesn't seem to ever produce what people expect of him on the day. So he, he could be an all or nothing selection, but you're going to get a decent price in here. I think the track and the way this race will pan out will suit him. I think Farron is probably my, my stronger selection because the drop back to two mile four would definitely suit him. Clearly didn't stay three miles last time. However, this is a race, as you both mentioned, that's wide open. You can throw a couple of darts at it and paint the dream of Farinay on my two darts. So they're both 15 to two. You thought that you might have got a bit more value for paint the dream then at the prices? Yeah, well, before um, the, the final declarations, before a few horses were taken out, he was available at 16 to one. So I was hoping for a, a double figure price, maybe about around 10s. I, th I still think he'll probably drift out to 10s. Um, he represents a yard that doesn't really back their horses. So he may be weak in the market. Um, and if he is, he'll definitely be a play. Yeah, he's come back to his last winning mark as well, which is of note. But Farinay does represent the Venetia Williams team who have been very open about the fact that their horses are just slightly suffering, struggling a little bit. I think they got might have a little bit of a virus, bit of a snuff, sniffly noses anyway, which is not ideal so close to the festival considering they've been in such wonderful formal season. So if Farinay can try and get them back on track, that's a great word, Gold Cup Handicap Chase at 150 at Newbury. Um, we're going to head over to Kelso now, where they've got their, their one of their biggest meetings of the year. And uh, the Premier Chase is what we're going to look at first at 240. Uh, run over two miles, seven and a half furlongs. And um, fair to say, some rather questionable contenders in this race. I've looked through, and I don't think they're the most reliable sorts, but Espoir de Rome, uh Heads the betting at 11 to 5, itchy feet 130, wins at Avenue 13 to 2, as well as Nutswell and Dingo Dollar 15 to 2 with Big River and Hill 16. So, Ross, as I said, 
a fair few of these are looking to refine their form. It's, it's interesting when you've got a few of them that are kind of similar in their own way, that they're like monkeys, itchy feet, they're reaching for the blinkers for the first time. Espoir de Rome, I just feel like he needs to uh, sort of re reprove himself. How do you um, sort of preview this race? It'd be really interesting little heat, wouldn't it, if it was a handicap, but it's not. Um, so it's it's difficult. Um, I couldn't really get away from Espoir de Rome. You're right in that we have got to forgive a poor run, and before that he tipped up, but I thought he was going to beat Chantry House at Aintree. I, I wouldn't sort of um, be certain of it. It was too far out, but it was a big run, whatever. Um, the Kim Bailey Yard weren't in great form in the early part of the season uh, when he ran at Carlisle, and I think it's interesting he's been away from the track since then. That would suggest that something hasn't been quite right. Um, they're now in much better form, four winners in the last uh, 13. Um, and, you know, if this was a handicap, he'd be given away £9. Uh, as it is, he gets weight from uh, Nutswell and, and Windsor Avenue. Um, and I, I just couldn't get away from that fact that he, you know, if he gets back to anywhere near his best, he's going to win this. Um, Itchy Feet is a horse I've struggled to sort of get a grasp on. He's, he's generally pretty consistent. He showed much more stamina last time at Lingfield. He stayed on really well. If the blinkers can get him to travel a little bit more in the early part of the race, then he's got a great chance, but I still think he's got it all to do at the weights. Hill 16 is a is another horse that will perhaps be suited by testing conditions, um, but I think he's one to keep an eye on for a handicap further down the line, because I'm sure he's got a race in him. I just don't think it's this race. So S Border Rome, uh, you'd want to be confident really back in a short price, or I do. I like to be, if I'm back in short price, be very confident, and I'm not, but he's a selection. Yeah, he's clearly the, the, the on... On ratings, he's uh, nine pounds higher than and than the best itchy feet. But as you say, they they all go off a, a level playing field. Um, Esport de Rome, he's got that form. The but he's just he's been sent off a short price on plenty of occasions, um, and he's justified it in the past. But he couldn't last time. TC, are you uh, are you with or against Ross on, on that selection? <laughs> I'm with him, Jess, um, and I actually do have confidence behind the selection. I, I really fancy Espoir de Rome here. If you just, I don't know how many races you can put together in a group to make it a reliable um, amount of races, basically. But if you pick a horse that's nine pounds better than all the others, how many times is that horse going to win? Quite a few times, I'd suggest. And you're getting a good price, 11 to five. I don't think that's a short price. I think you can go off six to four here. Um, and he deserves to be six to four. I also don't think his mark is inflated off 160. Yes, you could say, okay, he, his best performance actually came when he fell. Um, therefore, you don't necessarily know if that was a true running or not. And Chantry House is disappointed this season. However, he actually ran a really good race in the Colin Park on his return. That was a red hot addition as well. Um, the, a hoist in your fell in that race. He's won since. Silver Hallmark finished fourth. He's a nice, nice type. Informator was fifth. He's run second since. The, winners and the, the winner, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, has finished second in the Labricks Trophy and in a Swindley Chase. It was a hot heat. He ran well to be third. He's had a break since. The ground will suit. He's only had 10 starts, still improving. I don't see the negative, Jess. I think we need a bell every time there's a Roscoe double now because that's, <laughs> uh, that's two, week two weekends in a row. We've got a selection that matches. So uh, take it as you will. The monkey's off the back. Bordeaux Rome, big confidence behind him from, from TC. Uh, Ross as well, um, not as confident, but I think Tom perhaps has given us a little bit more of a boost at 11 to 5 that it's it's plenty of 
of, of well thought out points there. And look, he if he is the class act and he and they have sort of ironed out any issues, then and he does he do well fresh? Looks like he can do. He's come one off a break before. I'm going to go against you guys and, and head with Big River. I know this is a bit of a risk. He is a 12 year old. He is the Borders National winner, but he's now eight from 11 at Kells, though. He loves this track. And for a 12 year old, he is actually fairly lightly raced. He's had 28 career starts. He's always campaigned fairly lightly. He's looking for the hat trick of victories. He's also really versatile, winning over plenty of different trips at this race course. He just loves it around here. So I think he could give um, the favourite here a bit of a run for the money. If there was eight runners, he would have been a he would have been a, a good each way bet. But there's only the seven. He is 52. Um, so I'm just going to take them on. But as I said, take it as you will. This uh, this double from Ross and Tom, better known as Roscoe. Uh, we'll head on um, into the more, more battle hurdle, whereas I, I would say from the from all the races this weekend is probably the, the one of most interest. Um, 100,000 on offer, over two miles. And um, like last year when the Shunter won this race, there's a bonus if a horse goes and wins this and then wins the race at the Cheltenham Festival. Tom, I'll come to you first. Looking through the field, Metier three to one favourite. Boo Dare back after a long break. This they've been very... Clear is a stepping stone to the eight-three hurdle, which was fourth in last year. Autumn evening is the obviously the Irish horse, thirteen to two. Favois fifteen to two. Um, I could go through all the prices, but let's just get ch chatting about this race because the weights came out this week for uh, the racing at um, the handicaps at Cheltenham. Who in here is there anything that stands out to you that potentially could be en route to, to attempt to double? Well, I don't know if this is a well thought out link from you, Jess, but uh, the horse I, I think could go on to win at Cheltenham is Cormier, who is actually my selection in the race. So if that was a well thought out link, then, then fair play. That's great presenting. But uh, I don't look, I don't think Metier is going to win at Cheltenham. I don't think he's a good price here anyway. This is a horse that's won a, a poor Tolworth hurdle. He's won once since that came in a heavy ground race at Lingfield last time. He's basically priced on, on how he's regarded by connections, right? Not on what he's done on the track. Um, Bouvardet, who knows what to expect from him. It would be great if he won. He's a class horse in the race. But can you really back him off the layoff? I don't think so, especially at that price. Autumn Evening is a very interesting runner. Um, he ran really well to finish third at Leperstown last time. The only thing that put me off him is the fact that Connection said that was the main target. Now, I don't know whether they said that because it was the next race um, or whether that was actually the seasonal target. I'm not too sure. That just put me off him a little bit. Um, which left me with Cormier, who's the selection. I think he's a good price. Last time out at Cheltenham, he was really impressed with his really impressed me with his finishing effort. He looked like he was going to be beaten by Severance that day, um, but he found plenty up the hill. I love how he sticks his neck out. He really wants to win his races, and if he wins this, he'll be going back to Cheltenham off a nice mark. Um, and we know he's got course form, so that's intriguing. On the flat, he ran to a good level in, in the summer. He won on soft ground, which I think is crucial. Most of his jumps forms come on on better ground, but. In fact, he's won with uh, Give Underfoot as a big tick in the box. So it's Cormier for me. I think you've got to take on the two favourites. He also ran in that Welsh champion hurdle, didn't he? Which I think is a really good starting point. And that race has worked out very well this season, like it did last year as well. Glory and Fortune, the winner, Don Levant and the, and the likes. Yeah, exactly. Glory and Fortune. Ross knows plenty about him after tipping him up at a huge price the other day. And he knows plenty about Don Levant. I've read his uh, handicap verdict on uh, the Smarkets Hub, News Hub, um, and he just seems to mention Don Levant every week. So, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's been a good piece of form. Um, hopefully Cormier will further boost it this week. Well, that means that there should be a Roscoe double coming then, Ross. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with everything Tom said. I just struggle to find a, a strong enough piece of form for Cormier on on what 
let's we're expected to be soft ground um i would put quite a bit of weight on 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 ground conditions um and for me he improved a lot at cheltenham for getting unseasonably quick ground um probably quicker than we'll get at the festival actually because they they weren't able to water um and so for me that would be a big concern Meti, i think the opposite is true i don't think it's going to be heavy enough for him i think he soft is no good i think he absolutely is heavy Bouvedere, as Tom said, this is definitely a, a, a prep for entry, and he needed his first run back last year. Favois is one I could give a chance to, but he was beaten off 1-4-3 last year, so it's tough to see him going any better. So again, it was a race to have a huge opinion on. Uh, the horse I came down on is uh, Balco Saint for uh, Jane and Chester Williams. Um, his form of his win at Kempton was franked by Cobbler's Dream win the Lanzarote last time. Um, he's shown in France he can handle soft conditions. Unusually, he's not sort of appeared to like soft conditions in, in the UK, but I think that's perhaps just chance. Um, he is one that's entered up at Cheltenham. He's entered in the Martin Pipe Conditionals and the County Hurdle. So they're clearly covering the bases to perhaps go for the, for the, for the bonus. Um, and Chester Williams is much improved. I used to sort of have a bit of a problem backing Chester but he's improved a lot this season he claims three pound um and I thought in the context of the race at a big price he was interesting and the other one I would just mention and I mean he's got to jump off is is some rain he was in good form when he actually last jumped off in a race over fences and if you go back to 2018 at this course he had a really nice piece of novice hurdle form trying to give seven pound to I Wright and three pound to Clondor Castle and only just failed you're going back a long way, but he clearly likes the course. He'll cope with soft conditions, but I couldn't be backing him uh, because he just might not take part. Yeah, I, I thought the same. He's uh, he's got that with with withdrawn, refused to line up comment on his last two efforts. Um, just uh, just going back to uh, your selection there, Balco Saint. In terms of looking ahead to the Cheltenham Festival, mark of one three three. Do you think he'd get in? This is a conversation we're going to have a, have in our previews about the way that the handicapper is has elected to uh, view the Irish horses because it has just left the English horses with very much uh, uncertainty whether they could even, they'll even I, get I th there. I think he's almost certainly not going to get into the into the county. One three three, he might just get into the into the Martin Pipe Conditionals, and I think that would be the better race for him anyway. Actually, I think um, a step up in trip could see him to even better effect. Um, but yeah, the, this is going to be the potential issue now, isn't it, for the for the UK trained horses? Mr. Handicap has been ever so nice to them through the winter and dropped them heaps to get them back on a on a good mark. But he has still continued to sort of apply the Irish tax to the Irish horses' ratings. So we could end up with uh, handicaps at Cheltenham with upwards of 50, 70 percent of the of the runners being Irish trained. So uh, it might be a case to be careful what you wish for, really. But It'll level itself out at some point for sure. Yeah, the irony of it all there trying to benefit us, but it's actually just helped them more. Anyway, we'll look at more at that when it when it comes to the previews. Uh, call me here for Tom at uh, 17 to 2. Bagley saying 18 to 1. As it stands, it was 18 to 1 for Win My Wings this time last week. Um, I'm going to go for the Irish Horse Autumn Evening. I like that race. I like that run um, at, at Leopardstown in a, in a handicap that... It was just a, a normal uh, grey B, they call that handicap at Leopardstown, behind Call Me Lyrene and Magic Tricks. Totally outran his odds of 28 to 1, but he, he, was, he was really finding and getting there all the time. And Jessica Harrington, I listened to on a podcast earlier, was saying that 
he really what the key to him is is the ground um and it was yielding to soft at Leopardstown, but she called the English soft ground here at, Kel at Kelso on Saturday, which I think will really suit him. Uh, and, you know, at 13 to 2, the fact that we've seen it time and time again, these Irish horses, their form, how it translates over here, they could be a hell of a lot better. So I, I think that he uh, he might be one of them. But um, it's, it is it is a race with the likes of Bouvedere coming back into it that gives it a good feel about it, but almost a year off the track. He definitely needs his runs, as he showed last time, not this time last year at Haydock before a good runner in, in, in the entry hurdle. Um, so we will move on through to uh, the final race that we're going to look at, which is at Doncaster, the Grimthorpe Chase at 3.30, over three mile, two furlongs. I've seen Charlie Longston coming out to say uh, what, a, what a shame it is to have two uh, chases of the similar nature uh, over this course of the weekend because... Um, we the, the race at, at Newbury is is not too dissimilar as well. And plenty of horses have had their double entries, but we've got um, uh, Les Milos, uh, Le Milos, who's seventy two favourite currently. So you think so again? Is five to one along with Storm Control, Powerstone Park is sixes, Mister Malarkey sevens, fifteen to two Cloth Cap under supervision elevens, and Legends Gold fourteen to one. So Tom, I'll come back to you again first. Cloth Cap. Uh, making it uh, slightly easier for the others with with his big weight in this race. Uh, how did you assess it? Again, a smaller smaller enough field. Yeah, small field, another tricky heat, uh, much like the Nubia race we've already covered. I don't think it's the strongest race um, at all for, 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 the, for the context of, you know, the nature of this event. You'd expect better horses to turn up. Um, however, I think this race is rife for an upset. I don't like the, the market leaders. I think Lamilos is short enough. Um, given what he's achieved recently. Yeah, I know he's won two races, but at the same time, he's now been rocketed up the handicap. Um, Tim Vaughan's record at Doncaster is pretty bleak as well. He's only got an 8% strike rate um, at the track in his career, and that's enough to put me off him. Uh, Storm Control probably should be favourite for my um, opinion in this race. He ran really well last time um, at this track when arguably his rider, Dan McConnell, just went for home too soon. Um, probably should have won. Windsor Avenue chinned him on the line, but he was master of the third, and he's the horse to beat on form. I'm going to put my neck on the line and do a Zanza by suggesting cloth cap. Um, no, well, I, we don't I, mention that name. <laughs> well, I have to preface so, it. Zanza? Never heard <laughs> of that in my life. <laughs> I have to preface cloth cap with, with the Zanza name because this could be an all or nothing and probably going to be a nothing. Um, he didn't really look like he was in love with the game last time out when he refused. Uh, Ascot. However, he did travel well for a long period of that race and that gave me enough hope to suggest it. He's still got a race or two in him. Now, he's carrying top weight again. He seems to carry top weight in every race he runs in um, ever since he won the 2020 Lubbock's Trophy. But he ran well in the Lubbock's Trophy again this year off near top weight. Um, he finished sixth. I mean, he could be a really poor selection here, but I couldn't pick up anything at a shorter price. And I just think that he has the ability to win a race of this nature. He's going to stay the trip well. He's been dropped three pounds since last time out. And he won at Kelso on this day, um, last year so there are ticks in the boxes of cloth gap there are also negatives though yeah it's funny I just wondering what you do if you're Tom Scudamore with a, with a horse like this he's got the cheap pieces on I thought that perhaps they might put you know a pair of blinkers on him or anything just to wake him up but it seems like everything that they they've attempted with him is is, is sort of just not not working he likes to race prominently how do you see this race is, is, is trappy in terms of the numbers of runners how do you see it sort of playing out would think Tom just Scudamore just tries and goes again and just bowls along yeah exactly that I think he's going to be aggressive from the start basically go as fast as he possibly can on cloth gap and hope that he can just 
outlast his rivals. If you look at the field, there aren't too many that want to go forward. Lemilos made all last time out, but they didn't go very fast gallop um, at Sandown, and he was kind of gifted uh, gifted the lead. Storm Control will be just behind the pace, as always. But there are a lot of hold-up horses in here, so you think so again. Powerstown Park, especially, um, will be ridden patiently out the back. Under supervision will be near the front, but he doesn't jump well enough to threaten cloth cap early. So I'm hoping that, that Tom's Goodmore can just go up, go for the front early on and hope that he holds on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he did get past, so just have to say. Mm, okay, yeah. So cross cap, you, you say ten, tentative. It's a ner slightly nervy Zanzaras selection. <laughs> if, we could, if we could start using that phrase um, for Tom. Um, yeah, I was looking at the pace of this race. Storm Control is one that has gone on in the past. Darren McConville back on board. Ross, it leads me nicely into you with this with this horse who, uh, how will Darren McConville, who is a, a lad with not much huge amount of experience, he's got the likes of Tom Scudamore and Cloth Cap, who, as TC was saying, will go on. I, I'm saying this because I know that you, you, I know what your selection is, but how how is he going to try and, and and map this race out in his in his in his in his mind? I think they make it easy for him, and they probably remove a bit of thought from him. He, he'll just have to, I mean, I'm sure Lemilos will go forward, Cloth Cap will go forward. Um, and I think he can just sit it, sit in behind. Um, he's a rider I've got a lot of time for. He's quite tall by the looks of things. He's not the strongest in a finish yet and the tidiest in the finish, but he's impressed me with his positioning of a horse to a fence. And in a three-mile chase, I would much sooner find a jockey that can get into a nice rhythm and get a horse jumping and find someone that's uh, perceived as being strong in the finish. I think you get far more benefit from that. Um, he's a young lad, so we mustn't push him too hard, but he certainly would love to have the ride in the sky back, back again. Um, I think he couldn't believe how well he was going to three out, and he committed. And Storm Control, who was a bit of a rascal, sort of said, yeah, yeah, let's go, and then going to the last, started to sort of prick his ears and look around. And then Sean Quinlan was very, very clever and challenged wide and didn't give them chance to sort of rally um he was raised four pound for that i don't think that matters a jot i could see him learning his lesson um sitting in behind lamilos get a lead as long as possible um and, and i think he'd take a lot of beating in this he'll cope with soft ground i don't think he needs it um and for me i think he's the the one they'll have to beat and i i would like to see you know darren mcconville having perhaps felt like he made an error in a big saturday race in the sky bet sort of uh get due rewards here would be nice to see yeah he's five to one he's obviously he's as i say Darren McConville doesn't have a huge amount of experience confidence from ross from him his only win uh well as a he is a, a conditional his only win has been on this horse so he knows him well you can imagine he's thought about it a lot about as you say that race last time but also the win he the the the, the confidence you can get out of winning on a on a horse like that back at Newbury in January so see how it develops for him I just do think it was interesting to discuss tactics and how this will pan out because there's there could be a bit of pace on um and I think it might set it set the race up nicely for Powerstone Park who has looked progressive over these longer trips despite a shocker in the Lancashire National where he was just too keen for his own good yes he's up six pounds but obviously cloth cap is being in this race gives him a nice racing weight. And he's booked, and Sam Thomas has booked Jack Tudor, a big race winning rider for on Captain Nord last Saturday. And I thought a number of these horses you've mentioned, um, you guys mentioned Cap, um, Cloth Cap, Storm Control, could give him a nice turn to this race. And he'll he'll definitely try and at least settle uh, and come in late. Um, but 
It's, uh, it's good enough racing for us to, to, uh, to mull over this week, but obviously um, plenty to keep an eye on, perhaps from the more battle with, a, with an eye into the Cheltenham Festival. And um, we've had a look at our, all our four from this weekend. Um, and so, as we always do, and this was a success last week, Ross, I'll come to you first. Um, who are you looking for? Uh, so my nap comes in the 255 from Doncaster, the big bite. Um, <laughs> a bit like Storm Control, he's a bit of a monkey. Um, he's very well handicapped, though, on his form behind Funenville to Sovola last time. He likes this course, goes very well for Jonathan Burke. And I thought in a weak race, uh, around about three to one was a, was a nice price, uh, provided he puts his best foot forward. And then my next best comes in the 115 at Newbury. My old friend, I think, Corto Rico. Um, it just struck me that he's very well handicapped on that last piece of Cheltenham form. And he stayed on very, very well. Um, Tom Buckley's impressed me lately, claims five pound. He's riding very well. Um, and I thought, again, in a, in a weak contest, he might just be able to, to, to get the job done finally. Some old friends returning to the podcast. So Puerto Rico, five to one, big bite, four to one. So as it stands anyway, so not, not bad um, if you were expecting threes. Uh, so that's Ross uh, and his selections, his, his nap and next best leads me on to, to Tom. Yeah, so I'll start with the next best as I usually do, um, as it's a race we've already covered. The next best is Espoir de Rome in the 240 at Kelso. He's currently available 11 to five. I think he should be a six to four shot. Therefore, he's a good bet and my next best. My nap is at Lingfield. Um, I tried to nap at Southall because I've been in the Sky Sports Racing Studios, but it wasn't a classified event, uh, so I couldn't nap there. So we're going to Lingfield. The 419 at Lingfield, um, a horse called Witch Hunter, who's always been really highly regarded by Richard Hannon. Uh, at two, he ran a nice race on debut, finishing second to Deodar in a good heat at Newbury. Second time up, finished third to another smart sort in ribeye, only beating half a length that day, and then was tried in the Rockingham and was narrowly denied by Canonized, who actually reopposes in this race at Lingfield. Canonized faced El Cabello this year, finished first and second respectively at Newcastle. That, that is probably a decent piece of form, but there were only three runners in the race. I, I don't really know if you can take it for granted how well they ran. So Witch Hunter, who just reappeared the other day, five days ago, it was a piece of work, his victory. Didn't come off the bridle. I like the fact that he's coming back immediately. Richard Hannon's targeting a much better race. Um, I think he's a group horse, almost certain he's a group horse, and he should be winning this heat. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Actually, was saw Witch Hunter, uh, saw Witch Hunter, I saw Witch Hunter the day that he he won, and he was uh, licking his lips. He was ever so pleased that this horse has materialised. So that is one to note uh, on the flat um, at Lingfield for Tom. And um, so Witch Hunter and Espoir de Rame. Uh, myself, my nap is going to be Lord Baddersley in the three hundred two at Newbury. I think this horse ran a career best in the Betfair hurdle last time out. Um, I think they found, Chris Gordon has found a really good opportunity for him in what is a, a weak enough race. Um, and obviously the team were in good form after walking risks is nice win last week. Um, my next best is going to be autumn evening. Um, I'm going to throw that as a, as a selection and just think that his, I'm going to be really fascinated to see where that, how that form uh, translates from Leopardstown from the Dublin Racing Festival uh, in the more battle hurdle. And so with, that's it. We've come to the end. As I've mentioned throughout this podcast, um, we will be recording the Cheltenham Festival podcast at the start of next week. We'll be covering every race from the Cheltenham Festival. We have plenty to go through because we've been on a bit of a journey together as a team um, with this, uh, this festival in mind, uh, with plenty of horses that we'll be waiting to see 
So a lot to look forward to. Don't miss it. And uh, let's hope that uh, our good level of form continues uh, for this weekend. So from Ross, from Tom and myself, we'll have James back with us. The family will be reunited next week. Um, make sure to like, subscribe, and we will see you soon.